Hey, hey, homesteaders, and welcome to the TLC Mini Farm Podcast, where we discuss all things related to urban homesteading. I am your host, Tawny Fan. I am very excited for today's episode because it's going to be a chance for me to learn more from our guest about a gardening technique that I have yet to try, and that is hydroponic gardening. In addition to hydroponic gardening, he is also going to share a bit about a fun growing technique, which we'll hear later on in the show. But first off, let me welcome and introduce our special guest today from Grow Happy Gardening. Hello, Mike, and welcome to the podcast. Hey, Tawny. Thanks so much. I'm uh, really looking forward to geeking out with you a little bit today, and uh, this should be a lot of fun. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, let's geek out. Uh, always one of my favorite topics is gardening. And so today we're going to talk about hydroponics, but before we jump into that and get into the nitty gritty details and more information, tell me a little bit about what you're working with in terms of like your garden setup and your growing zone, just based on where you're at. Sure. So I live in Merrick, New York, which is in the South shore of Long Island. Parts of Long Island are zone 7A and some parts are 7B. So I garden in 7B. So we can have hot, humid summers. We're on the coast. So we get a little bit of that subtropical feel. Winters could be harsh. They could be mild. It's kind of hit or miss. Uh, The last couple haven't, haven't been so bad. And in terms of my growing space and my setup, you know, I'm not working with a huge plot of land. My, 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 my house, my, my front yard, uh, which is yet to be converted to a garden, but something that's on the list, something I'd like to do at some point. And then my backyard, of course, where I'm, where I'm doing all my growing, all of that sits on 8,000 square feet. So not a huge patch of dirt. And I know you have uh, a similar um, size gar- you know, piece of land that you're working with as well. So when, when you want to grow a lot of stuff and you don't have an unlimited amount of space, you just, you know, you try to be creative where you can. And, um, you know, maybe you do some more things vertically or, uh, you know, if you can, you know, maybe, you know, each season, you know, find room for a new, a new raised bed or, or however you like to grow. So I've been doing a little bit of that each year. And um, this is our, our seventh year in the house. So seventh growing season. And uh, the garden is basically always under construction. So always adding something. So right now we're up to nine raised beds, uh, some built from wood, some from pavers. Others were assembled from kits, all sorts of grow bags, um, containers, all different shapes and size containers. Some of the self-watering ones. Uh, I've got one of the, the vertical garden towers. And, um, you know, a little expanding I did this spring, I I put in a a few arches to increase my my vertical growing capabilities. And uh, I knocked the shed down uh, that bought me an extra 50 square feet of space. So, you know, I'll take any inch I can get. And um, I was able to put some tomatoes in the ground there. So I'm excited to see how, how that, you know, new growing space does. And um, I'll just probably keep expanding uh, and keep cramming stuff in until I run out of space. Yeah, I, well, I'm definitely right there with you in terms of always trying to find room <laughs> for more growing space. And the word cramming uh, probably fits my style as well. So always just kind of like 
can I add another plant there? Uh, let's just try it <laughs> and see how it does. What's the worst that can happen, right? It doesn't grow as big or whatever. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of cramming things in and just seeing what happens. Cause we do have some of that, um, struggle of limited space and we want to grow everything. <laughs> so speaking of growing things and running out of space, I think in terms of this topic that we're going to talk about today does allow us to grow some things in um, spaces that maybe we hadn't really thought about. And that could also expand um, our growing zone as well as allow us to play around and experiment. So let's talk about that. Kratky hydroponics. I see you sharing this technique on Instagram, uh, talking about the growth of your plants, the different plants that you have. But can you explain or share with me how you got started with this technique and how does it differ from traditional hydroponics? Yeah, so... Um, so first of all, Kratky hydroponics, or uh, simply referred to as Kratky, or or as initially described by Bernard Kratky, who was the researcher from University of Hawaii who first introduced this this new growing technique. Um, he introduced it and published on it as the Kratky method. Right. So basically, it's a passive way of growing hydroponically where you don't need any of the the fancy equipment and you get basically the same results um, as traditional hydroponics or very comparable results. And, um, you know, it's been described as the simplest form of growing hydroponically. So when something is simple and effective, you know, it's got my attention and, um, you know, I want to learn more about it. So, you know, for anyone who needs a basic refresher on hydroponics, it, you know, it's a type of horticulture where you grow without soil, and the roots are submerged in a nutrient-rich solution, right? So you have a plant, it's suspended above a reservoir. Uh, the plant is anchored in place with some sort of inert substrate, you know, anything other than soil. Uh, the roots, um, you know, dangle down below the top of the container into the nutrient solution, and they take in water and nutrients, and then they also need to take in air. Right. When you grow outside in soil, if you have a healthy soil, uh, the soil has different textures, it drains well. And as the plant grows and the roots expand, there's some aeration that occurs in the soil and the plant can breathe. Right. Otherwise, if your soil wouldn't drain, your plant is just going to be sitting in kind of like a, a soggy, soggy mess and it can rot and, and drown and things like that. So, um, you know, in hydroponics, you need to figure out a way to create aeration um, so the plant can also breathe. So traditional hydroponics, you, you run a pump, uh, you pump air in to the, the reservoir, it creates agitation or bubbles, and uh, this, now there's oxygen uh, available to the roots, and the plant can breathe that way. With Kratky, you don't have any of that fancy equipment. So, you know, I first thought, like, well, how does the plant breathe? So, you know, the science behind it is um, pretty simple. You know, when you first, you know, we'll, we'll go into the, the actual setup of what you would need and anything, uh, what you would need, um, you know, and everything to uh, set it up in case anyone's interested in trying this. But the basic concept is when you first uh, set it up, you only submerge the bottom half of the roots. The top half of the roots are above the water so they can breathe air. Right. And those roots are actually called aerial roots. 
uh, or air roots. And then the roots that are submerged in the nutrients, uh, those are called feeder roots or water roots, and they take in your water and your nutrients. And as the plant drinks up more and more of, of the water, the water level in the container, it drops. And then the plant puts out new feeder roots. So the root network um, starts to you know, become more vigorous and, and larger. And the old feeder roots, which are not submerged in the water anymore, uh, those now become air roots, right? So it's, it's a pretty um, simple how it works. It's a static system compared to like all this equipment you have uh, with traditional hydroponics and it works great. And, um, you know, I, I basically, I, you know, I got into this a few years back because I was looking for uh, fun ways to grow during the winter when I, you know, I can't really garden outside um, all year long. So um, I was uh, looking into hydroponics and, and different, different methods. You know, I like just trying new projects, you know, for the sake of trying them or a challenge. And so um, I stumbled across Cracky. I've been uh, doing it for a few years now and it's, it's a lot of fun and it works really well. So I would say for anyone listening, um, if your interest is, you know, peaks even slightly, you know, maybe try it out with one plant. What's the worst that can happen, right? All right. Well, you've said a couple things in explaining to me the uh, cracky method that has piqued my interest, the uh, no fancy equipment, as well as simple and effective. So I love all of that. Are there advantages or disadvantages that I should know about before I jump into trying this method? There's definitely a lot of advantages, probably, you know, pros and cons to everything. So, you know, hydroponics in general, um, there are a lot of advantages, right? Like water conservation is the first that comes to mind, which has always been ironic to me because when you grow hydroponics, you're growing hundred percent in water. Um, but yet you use a lot less water. The data actually says like 80% less water compared to when you grow outside. And that's just because, you know, not every droplet of water that we give our gardens can be used by the plants for different reasons, right? Maybe the, 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 the water moisture on the top of the soil will evaporate or some of the water uh, that's applied will be out of the reach of the, uh, the root zone. So that's just not an issue in hydroponics because the roots of the plant are directly in the water. Everything is there that it needs and you know nothing more. Um, so water conservation is big. You can make the argument that it's more efficient and more effective. You know, I say that lightly because, um, you know, if there's any, you know, hydroponic naysayers out there, but, um, you know, the reason why I say more efficient is because you can utilize less resources and uh, you can plant things closer together when you do it hydroponically because the, when you're planting outside, you want to give everything ample space so the roots have enough, um, you know, area and coverage to take in the nutrients that they need. Um, but again, in hydroponics, we're giving the plant everything it needs. We mix up the, the ratio of the, the fertilizer that we choose to use exactly how we want, and the roots are sitting right there. So you'll still get like a crazy robust root structure when you grow hydroponically, 
But because the plant has everything it needs, you can plant things closer together. Like assuming you had, you know, multiple plants growing in the same hydroponic uh, setup. So, um, you know, I, I would say those are advantages. And, um, you know, if you live in, in an area where you don't have good soil quality uh, and it's, it's harder to, you know, um, keep good soil for whatever reason, hydroponics would be a good advantage there. Um, you know, disadvantages, um, you know, for, um, you know, I guess if you're doing it commercially and you were making like a big, a big hydroponic growing setup, uh, maybe, maybe the costs to set up initially. Um, but, um, you know, I, I would say the only disadvantage that I could think of, of growing like hydroponics, like, like recreationally, if you will, at home would be, um, you know, limited by maybe the size of the container or how much room you have in, in your house to do this. But, um, I like to focus on the advantages. So, um, yeah, that's what I would say. Does that, does that answer the question? Yeah, definitely. And you um, shared some advantages that also, again, make this method seem very appealing. Water conservation, for one thing, especially here in Southern California, we do have drought conditions that we face. And so we have to be very um, efficient in our water use, especially for those that are into gardening. We're always looking at sustainability and taking care of the environment. Um, the idea of utilizing less resources. So if you're talking about nutrients being added to the water, a lot of times the nutrients we add out in our garden, when we're using soil, it gets washed away, especially if you're doing container gardening, right? It seeps out and the plant isn't utilizing 100% of the nutrients that we're providing the plant because of runoff. So I can see that being an efficient use of those resources. But even the idea of being able to grow things closer together, that plant density really helps for those of us who are limited in our growing space. So depending on how that setup looks, um, I think people can actually uh, plant pretty uh, densely to get some good yields if that's what they were looking to do. So you've shared a lot of advantages that uh, make this a um, an interesting method to really consider to try. So if I'm new to this now, and I want to try the crack key method. Walk me through then the setup, or what are the th what are the things that I need um, in order to have this setup? What are some things that I need to keep in mind? So tips, advice, help a girl out. Absolutely. All right. So if I may, just before we get into that, <clears throat> two two sort of advantages that that I thought were advantages of the crack key method compared to just traditional hydroponics were one, it's just way less overwhelming, right? Like, so if something piques your interest and you wanna try it, but it seems a little too complicated, uh, you may be discouraged, right? So this is, this is simple and we'll get into the setup. It's, it's nothing crazy, anyone can do it. And then the other thing is the results, if you grow the same exact plant, uh, you have two seeds from the same seed packet and you grow, you start them at the same time and you put one in the cracky method and one in like a traditional hydroponic setup. The, the results are basically going to be exactly the same, right? I've never done like an AB split test, if you will, but I've, I've seen my fair share of um, comparison videos on YouTube. And typically what you find is the plants above the reservoir look identical. And then when you go to examine the root structure, um, the roots that have had that, you know, active aeration with like a pump and everything, they tend to be like maybe 10 or 15% larger than the cracky roots. 
but that seems to have no effect on the actual plant growth. So it's just, it's just easy, you know, it's not too complicated and you get really good results. So those are other advantages. So, um, <clears throat> so items that you would need when you're gonna, you know, take a shot at trying this. So you need six things. The first thing is you need some sort of container, which is gonna serve as your reservoir, right? And that'll be dictated by a couple of things. What size plant you'd like to grow and how often um, you feel like, you know, filling up the container, okay? So we'll get into some options of those. Uh, the next thing you need is some sort of plastic tapered cup, which is gonna sit on top of the container and you're gonna put your seedling inside here. And this container needs to have some holes in it so that the roots of your plant can grow through the, the holes and then they can get into the, the liquid, right? So you need your container and you need your little plastic cup. Um, <clears throat> two two uh, of the most common you know, uh, tapered cups you could use is either a plastic netting, which is by far the most popular. That's what I use. That's what I would recommend. Um, or if you happen to have forestry tubing, you know, which is used for like propagating trees or grafting or things like that. You can also use that as well. Uh, then you're gonna need a seedling, of course. You're going to need some sort of inert substrate, right? Anything other than soil, which is gonna allow you to keep your plant anchored inside of that little tapered plastic container, right? So some options here would be clay pebbles, perlite, gravel, uh, or rock wool. Those seem to be the, the more common, um, you know, grow mediums which are used. My preference is clay pebbles. I, I think it's easy to work with. You know, they're not too big, they're not too small, and aesthetically, um, I think they're, you know, pleasing to the eye. But you can use anything other than soil that's going to keep your plant anchored inside that cup. And then you're just going to need water and nutrients, right? So you've got your reservoir, you've got your tapered cup, got your seedling, you've got your, your growing medium, your water, and your nutrients, and you're good to go. So that's the list of items you'd need. Okay, so I've got all these items then ready to go. Check, check, check. So here's some of my tiny questions for you. When you're talking about the nutrients, what type of nutrients are you using or would you recommend? Because I think when I think of nutrients, there's the the liquid type that I can uh, dilute with water and water into the soil. There is then uh, obviously the stuff I can sprinkle in. Is there special nutrients made for hydroponics? Yeah, definitely. Um, you can either buy uh, nutrients from uh, you know any sort of company that sells you know ready readily available you know like a liquid hydroponic feed. That's what I do. Or you can just you know go on YouTube or Google and and do like a a search for, um, you know, if you want to like kind of make your own recipe, um, you can use organic, you can use synthetic. That's really whatever you like. Um, I, I like to do everything organic. So, um, I use a, a company by the name of, you know, blue planet nutrients. Uh, I started, you know, using theirs years back with good results. So I just, I kept with them and, um, you just follow the instructions on the back of the bottle and, um, you know, again, depending on the, the size of the container, you fill it up every so often and you're good to go. I should, I should, I should just quickly explain like the setup. Like, so once you, once you go get those six items, you know, basically what you're going to do is, um, 
let, let's, so for a container, you have a couple different options, right? You could use like a, a wide mouth mason jar. Um, that's typically what I use most of the time, the 32 ounce wide mouth mason jars, or you can use like a five gallon plastic bucket or an even larger container, like one of those 20 or you can really get as big as you want, but 20 or uh, 50 gallon, you know, storage containers. Uh, and if, and if you're trying to, let's say, stick a bunch of plants in one container, you'd go that route. And so if you're using a, a wide mouth mason jar, a three inch plastic netting will sit right on top of that mason jar and you're done. You don't have to do anything else. If you're going to use a five gallon bucket or one of these storage bins, you're going to have to cut some holes in the bucket, um, or in the storage bin. If you're going to, you know, put a whole bunch of plants, you, you cut multiple holes that are just going to be slightly smaller than the container, than the plastic netting that you use. That way the plastic netting doesn't fall through into the net into the reservoir and it, it stays on top. Right. So you've got your container and you've got your, um, plastic netting on top. Then what I like to do is, um, I, I use the clay pebbles. So I take my plastic netting and I just scoop out, um, right out of the bag of clay pebbles, uh, so that my, uh, plastic netting is basically filled to the top. Uh, that way I know exactly how many I need. And, you know, with some of these different substrates that you'll use, they'll have a sediment on them. So you're just going to want to rinse that off. So I just, I put it under the faucet. Um, you'll see once the water starts, you know, becoming clear again, all the sediment is good to go. And then I just take those pebbles and I put them in another uh, bowl temporarily. That way I can put my seedling into uh, the plastic netting, right? So you take your seedling, let's say you grew that in soil, you're gonna wanna kind of massage the soil off the roots or use some water just to kind of clean the soil off the roots. And then you'll put, you'll kind of help tease the roots between the holes of the netting, right? So that they can get through the netting um, and then be able to access the water. And then you'll put your substrate back in, right? So you have your, um, your seedling, you know, try and keep it centered. And then you just, you know, put your pebbles in around uh, this, the main stem of the seedling, and now it's, it's held in place, it's anchored, right? And then you mix up your nutrients, however you like. And when you fill the reservoir, you just make sure that the top part of the roots that are closest to the main stem of the plant um, are not fully submerged, right? So you, um, you, you leave a little bit of space there and, um, and then you're good to go, right? So if, if you're gonna grow um, stuff on the smaller side, micro tomatoes, leafy greens, let's say peppers that you're going to prune and, and, you know, keep the plant a little bit on the smaller side. You can definitely get away with a wide mouth mason jar on, on that. And you'll just have to refill it, you know, every so often. Um, if you want to grow like a full blown, you know, big pepper plant, a five gallon bucket is probably, you know, better for that if you wanna just let the plant kind of go out of control or you could even get away with like a tomato in that setup. Um, and if you, Tawny, are you like a set it and forget it type of gal? Definitely, yes, lazy so, gardener. <laughs> right, right, so if you wanna grow something like lettuce or any sort of leafy green, they would take about a gallon of water, right? From start to, to finish. 
um, or just about, you know, four liters of water. So if you can get like a one gallon container and fill it with your nutrients and pop in like a little two or three week old uh, lettuce seedling, you can truly set it and forget it. And by the time the water is towards the bottom of that container, you're ready to harvest your lettuce. I like that. Then I can have some salad fresh right there, organic, with right. only one gallon of water to produce it. Right. And you're doing it inside. So um, you don't have to worry about all of a sudden your house becoming 90 degrees and you don't have to worry about bolting. You can just keep harvesting. Yeah. So you said the word inside. What, where do you keep all of your uh, plants growing um, when you are using the cracky method or some outside? Are they inside? Are they near a window? How does that work? Yeah. I mean, I suppose you could do it outside if, um, if you want to. I do, um, you know, this was something I, I got started with to kind of do during the winter. So I always did it in my basement, actually in my boiler room. It's like my boiler room slash seed starting and plant area, if you will. So um, I've got. So your small... man, your indoor man cave. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, that's exactly right. There's like, you know, fertilizer spilt all over the floor and like random red solo cups and, and things like that. So. That's exactly right. My indoor seed starting man cave. Um, so I, I've got a small grow tent in there. Uh, it's two feet by four feet. So it's, it's, it does fill up kind of quickly. And um, I've got an LED light in there. And then I've got, I've actually got a whole bunch of LED lights. So I've got, you know, some different kind of, you know, shelving units with lights attached to them and different things like that. So, you know, I grow everything inside under LED lights and, um, uh, I suppose you could also grow it near a windowsill if you have enough light. I don't get enough light in my house to grow things like peppers or tomatoes, but I know some people do. Um, so if you have that ability, you can, I think you can certainly do that. Um, I rely on the artificial lighting because, um, you know, I'm, I'm growing all this in my basement. Um, but yeah, I think you can do it outside. You can do it inside by a window. Um, if you get enough lighting. So as you're talking, I'm picturing my kitchen counter by the window being filled with lots of mason jars and lots of plants popping out now because <laughs> you could get, you're getting me started on this whole new path of like, oh, I'm going to try this and where will I fit all this? So I'm already picturing that windowsill getting um, pretty full with little glass jars and plants popping out, but that's a good thing. <laughs> well, once you crowd up your little uh, kitchen window area, I'd love to see uh, a picture of it because I bet it will start growing out of control fairly quickly. Yeah, I'm, I would like that. That would be actually really fun to see that happen. So we've gone through all the things that one would need. So one being Tani um, wanting to try this method. So I'll, I have a couple glass jars ready. I do need to... Um, find the plastic cup, the three inch netting cup of some sort. I've got seedlings ready to go. In fact, I've got orange hat already sprouted. So I think that would be a great specimen to try this out. Um, I would definitely need to pick up some of that inert substrate. So you recommended the clay pebbles. So I will pick up a bag of those. 
um, water we have, and then I'll just look for some liquid nutrients and uh, get started to see how um, my orange hat plants do in the mason jar. Yeah, I'm excited for you because I bet they will thrive. And I have grown orange hat in like maybe four or five different environments, you know, outside in, you know, Kratky, you know, in some other, you know, containers, which we can, you know, talk about. And they seem to do great wherever they grow. You know, the orange hats really, um, it's really a strong variety. Um, so I can't wait to see what you do there. I, I will say one other thing, if anyone who happened to notice, you know, me sharing any of this stuff on Instagram, you might've seen that I wrap my jars in tinfoil. So um, when, when, and, and that, that's basically to prevent light from getting in, right? When you have uh, bacteria and water, and light hits that, algae will grow, right? If you've ever seen a, a fish tank with algae on the wall, that's because the, the fish, you know, they pee and they poop in the water, there's bacteria, the light of the fish tank, or maybe there's light that comes through the window, uh, it, it interacts with that and algae grows. And that's definitely not something that you want um, growing inside your reservoir, that would be harmful to the plants. So if you're using something like a mason jar, um, you can either wrap it with tin foil, or I've seen people paint them black. Um, or if you have another method that works too, you just want to cover the glass so that light can't get in. And if you're using something like a bucket, you know, if you get the Home Depot bucket, it's orange, the Lowe's blue bucket, or the black buckets look really cool too. Um, those are all great. If you get a, I, I would not recommend using a white bucket because um, light can actually get through, even though it looks like a white solid painted bucket, light can actually get through and, um, and you can get algae that way. So that's just something to keep in mind. You want to make sure whatever setup you choose, you're, you're creating it to prevent light from coming in and coming in contact with your water. Okay. That's a good tip. I'll keep that in mind. So also have something to cover the jar as well. All right. Well, we definitely geeked out on the concept of a simplified method for hydroponics. <laughs> and I feel, I feel like I have a good foundation to try this out and hopefully have a successful plant growing and producing me little orange um, cherry tomatoes here soon. So speaking of growing things in like a smaller space, and we're talking about 32 ounce mason jars, I also noticed, because following you on Instagram, I see all the different things that you grow, both indoor and outdoor. I see that you grow things in a can or in very unique containers. So we'll shift gears just a little bit away from hydroponics and talk about these unique containers um, and uh, tighter or smaller growing spaces. So what got you started with all that? Share a little bit about that, because that's always really fun, too, to see what everybody's doing with their gardening and how creative they get. Yeah, so kind of like along the same lines as the Kratky, like I just, I, I like to try new things and, you know, up for a challenge. And, you know, again, a lot of this stuff that I do, like started, it starts in the winter, right? You're bored, you can't garden outside, you kind of get that, that itch, you want to give yourself that little garden fix. Um, so you think about, you know, how you can do some things indoors, right? So this first started years back 
when someone, um, one of my buddies turned me on to a group on Facebook that was, you know, called, you know, peppers in a can challenge. And so basically, um, how it works is you, you can grow any type of variety pepper that you choose in any sort of 12 ounce can, uh, beer can, soda can, um, whatever you got. And you, you take the top off the can, um, you, uh, make some holes in the bottom, use any type of soil you want. And the only rules were, uh, you have to plant the seed in the actual can. So you can't transplant a seedling that would be considered cheating by the rules. And you, you could water from the bottom, but you're not allowed to have roots exposed, um, you know, through the, the, the drainage holes of the can that would be cheating. Um, so, you know, it's really, it was designed to make it a challenge. Right. And, um, people would grow all sorts of, you know, crazy cool looking, um, uh, peppers, they'd prune them all different ways. And so this just really piqued my interest. I thought it was cool. You know, I, I'd go out to the beer distributor and one of my buddies jokes with me, like, he's like, you just got that beer because the can is really cool and you want to grow something. in it. And I'm like, so, you know, so, um, that's what, that's what initially, you know, got me trying this. It was all sorts of different peppers in, in IPA beer cans, basically. And, um, and then I said, well, wait a minute, I like growing micro tomatoes and we make a lot of tomato sauce in this house. And when we run out of, you know, homegrown tomatoes, we use canned tomatoes. I said, let me give a, a try at growing a micro tomato in um, a tomato sauce can because I, I buy the 28 ounce tomato sauce cans. And if you can just visualize that size can, it's, it's more or less like kind of like a six inch small pot, which is the size pot that I use anyway for micro tomatoes. So, you know, you just, when you're done with your can, you make some holes in the bottom, fill it with your soil. And uh, I've done it both ways where <clears throat> I transplant, you know, establish seedlings into the can or, you know, I, I direct sow seeds, you know, it works well both ways. And I don't know, it's just fun. I think it's kind of cool. It's like a little novel thing, you know, growing a tomato in a tomato sauce can. And, um, and then you've seen, uh, you've seen my bourbon bottle tomato. <laughs> so that's, um, that's interesting. So I had, uh, I, I, someone gave me for like a gift of some sort, some small batch, you know, bourbon. And when I was done, I was like, I got to keep this container. I got to keep this, this glass bottle, right? I'm, I'm definitely growing something in here. So I've got an orange hat uh, growing in there at the moment and it's, uh, it's doing really well. It's taking a little longer to get tomatoes than the ones that are growing in, in pots and the one that's growing in um, using the cracky method because it's a learning experience, right? It's the first time I've ever planted in a liquor bottle. But if you think about it, you know, the, the neck of the bottle is extremely tapered. So one of the things I didn't really think through all the way is, you know, as the plant grows and the roots become more vigorous, the neck of the bottle basically, basically becomes one, you know, big mass of roots and it becomes hard to, hard to water the plant at that point. So, um, 
you know, what I did was I, I put a bunch of clay pebbles in the bottom of the bottle uh, and I put my soil on top of that. And my thought process was, you know, I'm not going to start drilling holes in this bottle, um, but I want to make sure I don't overwater this. So if I have the pebbles in the bottom, I could at least get a visual if there's excess water, right? And then when you have a big established plant and the roots are kind of taking over the entire container, um, you know, now I'm using, I'm using like a little mini syringe and slowly, you know, squeezing in a little bit of water at a time. Um, but if I do it again, I'll have to use some sort of wicking system or uh, make some sort of mechanism where it's easier to get um, water, water into the container. But, you know, just something else that's um, different and, and fun. Passes the time by. Yeah, you're having fun playing around with uh, your plants. And as you were talking, I was just thinking about the idea of recycling, reusing, repurposing, and again, kind of goes in line with a lot of the things as gardeners we try to do. And you're just um, looking at the different containers around your home and thinking like, oh, what can I use? Can I grow something in there? This has a cool label. Um, so it's really creative in that aspect. But yeah, now you're going to make me look at all the different containers in my home differently now and go, oh, maybe I can grow something in that. Or, or what about that? Never thought about um, a bourbon jar as an option for growing a tomato plant, but that sounds really fun. And a lot of alcohol bottles have neat shapes to them, designs, colors. So again, it kind of just is being um, creative and fun with those uh, containers we have. But what you're really doing in my mind is, is you're just kind of pushing those boundaries of what traditional gardening tells us, you know, a plant needs this, a plant needs that. But if you do take the time to look at all the factors that go into keeping a plant happy and being able to give the plant what it needs, whether it's in small doses, big doses, or, or however it is, you are able to really still grow things and take into account all those factors under a very controlled environment. So I know you were talking about the word experimenting, which I think in gardening we're doing constantly, right? Um, so that's super fun, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to walk around this house now and really look at containers differently. <laughs> and before you know it, the windowsill will be filled with all kinds of things now, not just a mason jar. <laughs> right. You know, what's funny about that. So this is, you know, evolved to a point where before my wife, uh, recycles something, she says, are you keeping this container? Because she, she just knows like. I'm probably going to want to, you know, add it to my collection of cans or whatever, and at some point grow something in it. So, um, you know, just, uh, it's become a way of life. It's become a way of life and thinking, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the obsession, uh, has evolved into, um, a way of life, right. For many of us. And, uh, I'm grateful that it has because it's, um, you know, it's just, it's a lot of fun and it, it's, it's therapeutic and it's just, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a good way to, you know, keep learning about things. And, um, yeah, I think more people, if you're not growing in cans or any sort of weird container, you know, maybe give it a try, you know, you, you probably have a lot of fun with it. Definite garden therapy that I think uh, more people are have picked up the hobby in terms of just gardening because of the pandemic. 
uh, which is really great because I feel like more and more people are um, that I know just in my personal life ask me all the time about uh, growing things or tips. And I can tell when someone's a new gardener, especially this spring, because they kind of started last year is the number one question I get is they send me a picture of their tomatoes and they're like, what's going on with my tomato? And for those of us who have been gardening for a while, we know right away, blossom and rot because <laughs> we can see it and we can identify it. But that's where I can see a lot of people have joined the uh, hobby um, since the pandemic started, which is fantastic because, you know, we get excited about growing. We geek out about talking about gardening and the science behind it. And so seeing new people um, start their journey, too is really exciting and being able to help them um, with their growing. Now, for those of you who are listening and you have not seen these uh, plants growing in these really unique cans or the uh, pepper in a can challenge, it's really cool because of the creativity that also goes into growing them, the way they're pruned. Just think of almost like um, a pepper bonsai in a can. So it's really fun to see what folks are doing out there um, with just what you would think, oh, I'm going to put this in the garden, have a couple peppers. It's turned into a challenge with all these rules, very specific, <laughs> no roots coming out of the bottom, no transplant and so on. So if you are interested in some of these topics, of course, I would definitely encourage you to do some more research also, because like Mike said, check out on YouTube, read some articles, there's lots of uh, articles written around the cracky method. Um, but I, Mike, I want to thank you so much for joining us to share um, some of the different ways that you are experiencing gardening and trying different things. Um, and if people wanted to follow your journey and what you're doing, how can they connect with you? Yeah. So Tony, first of all, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Right. Any anyone who's willing to spend a little bit of time chatting, gardening with me like that is just um, probably going to be the highlight of my day. So it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, people can connect with me uh, on Instagram. Uh, my handle is grow happy gardening. And I'm there just to you know engage with anyone who wants to engage with me and teach me or learn about what I'm doing. So please reach out if you like. And uh, one other thing. Um, you know, you and I were talking about um, a couple of weeks back is maybe it might be fun if we did some sort of grow along, um, some sort of like, you know, micro tomato in a tomato sauce can or whatever type of can that you want. Um, and so if, you know, if people are interested in that, maybe that's something that we can look into, you know, putting together and we don't have to have all the crazy rules of the, the pepper in the can challenge, but just, you know, a fun way for people to try and um, you know, hop on, hop on board and, and give it a try. I love the idea of the grow along. I have yet to try growing anything in a can, whether it be a soda can or a tomato can. So yeah, if you get a grow along going, I will definitely participate. So Mike shared a few products during our show today um, that you'll need in order to try out this cracky method. I will be sure to add that information and product links in the show notes uh, for this episode, as well as in the show notes, I'll also put um, his Instagram handle so that you can follow him and connect with him if you have any questions. 
about the method or just in general, just to build our gardening community and have more um, friends on our social media accounts. I'd like to send a big thank you out to our podcast listeners for your continued support of our show by listening and sharing our podcasts with your friends and family. Our goal is to provide useful and inspiring homesteading content that helps us all develop our skills and knowledge while building a homesteading network. Remember, we release an episode every Sunday, so be sure to subscribe or follow for your weekly dose of homesteading content. Until next time, happy homesteading, everyone.